Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for joining us here today on USA Global TV and radio. It's an absolute pleasure to have you with us. My name is Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck, and I do a few things here at this channel. I am the founder, the president, producer, and chief listening officer, and it is my joy and my pleasure to welcome our incredible panel for our show today, which is the United Kingdom News and Culture. So joining us are our three expert correspondents who have so much talent, so much experience. They've done so many broadcasts and changed the lives of so many people. And what they all have in common is they lead their lives with their hearts. They're all about supporting others and lifting up others. And I am just truly just so grateful that they are all in my life. So thank you so much. Let's welcome them to the show. Helena Shar joining us. Hello. Hey, thank you. Thank you for the, such a warm welcome. How lovely. Well, <laughs> it's from it's from my heart. Thank you. And I have to say, the boys in yellow are joining us today. Welcome, Ian Pelham Turner and Simon McDonald. <laughs> I, I, I see you got the, you got the check, Jacqueline. You know? <laughs> I'm not going to cash it. I promise. But got mine as well, obviously. <laughs> yes, we're all in uniform today. This is it. But we're trying to make it a nice, bright day because here we are into into autumn. All the greenery is coming off the trees and so on. It's going gold, and the end as well, and uh, and it's pouring down with rain. I was trying to think of a suitable word there that we could use on air, and it is pouring down with rain today. So so there we are. So we're just trying to brighten up everybody's lives a little bit. Well, I think yellow and gold does make you feel happier. Just like I said to you backstage that the sun finally came out after, I think, five days. And just seeing the sun, of course, it proceeded to start pouring right afterwards. But I did see it. It's like, yes, it's still there. So it makes well, you feel happy. We, we we don't see the sun now till um till next uh, May, you know. So so that, that so so we we, we now you know, you're looking. At, I'm I'm lying. Jacqueline, you were looking. You were, yeah. I need <laughs> Helena to tell me the actual truth. What's going on there, Helena, with the weather? <laughs> it just feels like there's no sun for the next six months. Yes. Yeah. So we've we've basically got a lot of it's it's grey. It's not cold. It's just grey and wet. So it's got that miserable feel, you know. So just like the boys, I actually sort of had a similar kind of feel. I thought well, I'm going to wear something like red, something bold, not black, you know. Yeah, so this is powerful. this is my attempt. Yeah, this is my attempt. Um, so it does it does make you feel it's good, isn't it? Colours do make a difference. Like yeah, yellow, you do. I just sort of feel yeah. I feel strength. Strong, You've got a yellow book on the, on the shelf there, uh, Helena. So You've got a yellow book on the shelf. Oh, yes, that's my bit of yellow. Yeah, see? Very good. 
And, that's a and I went with the cold shoulder look today because that makes me feel empowered. It's also built-in air conditioning if I happen to need it, but I don't. So. <laughs> a bit like you killed. <laughs> yes, exactly. And by the way, we want to say hello to Diane Floyd-Bame, who has the day off. Hi, Diane. I don't know if you're watching or not, but we uh, are thinking of you. So what's going on? What's the latest with the news in the United Kingdom? We've got, oh, that that says a lot, doesn't it? I know. <laughs> it's, it's wide How open. Where do we start? I mean, oh, it's it, politically, it's, well, I'll leave that bit in and, and Simon, you can have a chat. But actually, on a political note, something I'm looking forward to, it's not really political, but it's a bit of tongue in cheek. Um, there is a wonderful program, a new program that starts this evening, and it's called Make Me Prime Minister 2022. Now, it's a reality game show. And it's something like 12 contestants that compete to be made Channel 4's alternative prime minister. And I don't know, we discussed Jackie Weaver a little while ago. And she was she's a funny lady where her, her Zoom call went, went, it was a parish council Zoom call went viral. Anyway, so she's one of the contestants. But there are some really good people that are going to be on it. And Alistair Campbell's one of the judges. I think there are a few sort of political journalists there. And it's going to be interesting to see, because I actually think, as a reality game show, this is a good idea. Um, and I think it probably will rear some quite good people. Um, and I would bet your bottom dollar that a few of them will definitely go into politics, which is good, because they will have they'll have a profile as well from the programme. So this is something I'm looking forward to. And to be quite honest, what with the shenanigans going on with Liz Truss and, you know, all these things that have been said and then they're taken away and everyone's trying to get rid of Liz Truss. I mean, it just, there is, it's just horrible. I mean, it really doesn't give anyone any confidence at the moment. Um, and obviously with the cost of living and people are, are worried, um, everyone's feeling a little uneasy. But I'm sure Ian wants to uh, talk about the political state of um, our country. I, I, I think the reality at the moment, and I'm sure all of you, or Simon, I'm sure agree as well. I mean, this is not the best time uh, for Britain uh, by any means. And I think the reality as well at the moment is that um, uh, I look at, uh, you know, um, the effectiveness of this government, this new government, um, and I suppose I, I, I really always thought that Boris Johnson uh, was, wasn't the most um, cleverest of, of prime ministers and, until I, I suddenly looked at Liz Truss. Uh, and, and I think, you know, um, th there's this um, rumour going around at the moment that um, the Conservative Party, uh, the, the, you know, the, the right of centre party... Uh, wants to lose the next election because the economy is in such a mess. Uh, and then in uh, uh, 2028, which would be the next election after that, um, they're hoping that Boris Johnson will come back and save them. Uh, and, and quite honestly, as I say, you know, some of the most incredible uh, rumours have been going around that... Um, uh, uh, that have been sent to me, some of them as well. Uh, you know, the, the allegations about all sorts of different things happening. And I think, you know, um, basically we want to talk up Britain right now. Uh, and I'm sure Simon probably said the same. You know, we want to talk up Great Britain right now. 
um, because um, you know we can we need the energy we need to energize Britain we need to make people in Britain feel hopeful and in business especially we, we need to sort of be pushing you know brand Great Britain across the world totally agree there yes but uh, you know I mean we've got mistrust in the, in, in the chair and then uh, you look at you look at our beloved chancellor uh, quasi Quartang. Uh, I prefer to call him Kamakwasi, the way he's uh, destroying the uh, the economy, uh, that or quasi Nodo. But yeah, uh, you know, the place is in a bit of a state. But referring back to the uh, new series on uh, Channel Four, perhaps we might find a more likely candidate coming from that one than than we actually had elected in Parliament. But uh, yeah, not a, not not a pretty state we're in just now. I think that if if, if anything, the uh, you know current uh, government or misgovernment as they are now uh, are are doing wonders for the independence uh, brigade in Scotland and I think in Wales as well. I think it's it it is, a, and uh, I, you know, all of us want to see um, a future. Um, you know, um, the American dollar is, is going uh, great guns. I, I think we, we've uh, we've moved up a cent or two in the past couple of days, which um, you know uh, at least shows that we're sort of you know getting back together again. But the amount of sums of money that we are now um, you know uh, borrowing uh, to actually just shore up our financial uh, situations. It's incredible, but um, I, I think, you know, uh, I think the reality right now is is that um, um, we've got to find ways, and I think all of us agree, we've got to find ways of bringing our two nations together, you know, and, and that's the hardest thing because um, I think, you know, um, you know, we've always seen the United States as our biggest ally. But at the moment, because of the Northern Ireland situation, then President Biden doesn't really want to give us anything at all. Uh, and I can understand that uh, at the same time. And, and so, but I, I think, um, you know, what's really important, it'd be interesting. How, how do you think, Simon, at the moment, you know, I, you know, is the fishing industries suffering alongside everything else or, or is it... Um, Oh boy, are we having our, uh, our, our our problems at the moment in the the fishing industry, big time. Uh, you know, the, in the financial world does affect the fishing industry considerably. The the government are pushing like mad for all the offshore renewables, and this is causing serious, serious long term uh, implications to the fishing industry. I, that is, if we're going to continue to have a fishing industry, because we've got this problem of a spatial squeeze. The, 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 fishing, the fishing fleet are actually being squeezed out of the water. Uh, the, there's you know, more and more plans to uh, build more and more uh, of these, these offshore uh, wind farms. Uh, and even uh, Kirst Armour uh, said, well, if he gets into power, then he's going to quadruple the effort out in, uh, in, in our waters. So there really will be no room for, for anything to go on other than wind farms. So it's a big, big concern. And I was down in, uh, in, in London last week at a, you know, a, a big you know, all-party, parliamentary party discussion 
uh, on this matter. And uh, it, it's very, very worrying indeed for the fishing industry. So it's uh, taking up a lot of my time and it's taking up a lot of my sleep as well, I must admit, and a lot of the sleep of, of, of other guys out there, in particular ones who've just bought new boats and had uh, new trawlers launched uh, you know, in the last few months. Now, you, these boats, you know, you're, you're, you're into millions of pounds worth of boat and uh, you know they're now looking at this big push for the increase uh, of, of uh, the usage of windmills it's very very worrying times and is it, is it, because, is it because of pollution um, uh, or, or, or that um, is it sea lanes what 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 is stopping the trawlers uh, well, going out? no room uh, you know the, I mean these trawlers when you're towing a net behind your boat, that net's maybe a quarter of a mile behind you. Uh, so you cannot move in and out of the uh, the windmills safely at all. Plus the disturbance of the seabed when, they, uh, when they're building them as well. Uh, there's one organization there who've got 18 developments under uh, underway at the moment. And as the 18 developments, 16 of them fall onto prime haddock spawning ground. Now, the haddock is one of the most viable or most staple fish that we have in the UK. And uh, to disturb the, uh, the the spawning grounds is, is, is nothing short of criminal. Uh, it really is. It's, uh, you know, it, it, the long-term implications of that just uh, doesn't bear thinking of. So, you know, they're, they're going in, they're putting these things in, there's been very little scientific research into uh, the effects of the, uh, the windmills. And it's not so much the, the mills themselves, but it's the cables that go from the mills to the shore. And there's going to be quite a network of these cables going. And what they have discovered so far is that uh, with crab, which migrate in an anti-clockwise direction around the country, once the crab come to these cables, they stop. They get totally mesmerized by them and they just don't go any further. Other shellfish uh, breeding there, like some lobster uh, and prawns and so on, they're suddenly you know, noticing that uh, there's a lot of deformities in the in new stock, uh, and this is all in the vicinity of these uh, these you know power cables, subsea power cables. So that's a you know major major worry indeed, uh, you know about the future of the fishery just on that in itself. Gosh. I mean, ladies, I was just going to ask Helena and uh, Jacqueline. I mean, the 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 how, how do you? I mean, it's 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 good to see a female prime minister. I think it'd be good to see a female president. But how, how do you think? How do, I mean, from Helena's point of view, and perhaps from Jacqueline's point of view as well. How, how do you feel this Truss is doing at the moment? Is she is she a good example? And this sounds terrible, but I, I mean it in the kindest way. Is she a good example of of female management? I don't know. I, I personally think, you know, it's very hard to just suddenly make a judgment, personally. I, I don't know t enough about her. I mean, the announcement she made, um, without going into it, you know, with the higher bracket of earners and getting rid of the tax, and everything, it was absolutely ludicrous. Um I mean, I know that she's had some that some good. I know that she does a lot of things behind the scenes, like she does empower women in different ways. Like she'll go and do some private speeches at different organisations, and and that's a plus. I mean, 
you know, she's the front lady, isn't she? But there has to be behind her these little people running, pushing her to do it. And you almost wonder whether they're wanting her to hang herself um, just because there's another gameplay behind it. That's what I feel. Because I think this whole... It's almost like everyone's blaming everyone else. There's no proper leadership. You know, if the Conservative Party wants to be well, they have to come from strength. And there is no leadership. And it doesn't just lie with one woman. But on, on, the, on the vote of, yes, is it good to have a woman? Yes, of course it is. We've just lost Her Majesty the Queen, and, you know, one great lady. So we want people with strength. And, you know, we want women to do well. I would love Liz Truss to do well. I don't feel that she, that she comes with strength. Um, but I don't just blame her for that. My yeah, Helena, thanks for sharing that. I, I tend to agree with you. And I feel like when women are in positions that they haven't been in before, that everybody's looking for them to fail immediately, whereas a man might fail right away doing the same thing and nobody's going to say anything about it. But here in this country, you know, we have a female vice president and she's constantly being written up for her gaffes and saying things that are inappropriate or saying things at the wrong time. And then people are zoned into that. So I think that it's um it's about the person i don't think if it matters so much if it's a, a female or a male but it's also there's a whole team of people behind them that are giving them here's the play-by-play -play of what you're going to do today and what you're going to say today and so i think it's hard to really pinpoint exactly where we need to put our focus but i think it's too soon to say is what i would have to say about liz trust i don't know enough I think, you know, that the, the reality uh, at the moment is, uh, I mean, I, I was having a discussion this morning. Um, ba basically, the Conservative Party have just had their, um, their, their rally, um, their three-day event uh, that they have each year. Um, and uh, uh, the lady who contacted me this morning uh, is an art and conservative insider. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there is so much um, disillusionment at the moment. Uh, there is so much um, fragmentation uh, within the party itself. It, it's frightening just, just to see, you know, who's doing what. And I think, you know, that the, um, uh, one of the biggest things that came up, the, re the reason why Liz Truss uh, is now Prime Minister it was down to the membership of the Conservative Party, of which I think there's something like about 150,000 members, and they chose her um, to become Prime Minister, whereas the, um, the MPs, the, the members of Parliament, the politicians themselves, chose a different candidate. They chose Rishi Sunak. Um, and so, that you know, the reality at the moment is, is that um, uh, I can see a lot of infighting going on. And I think, you know, it's important right now to pull together uh, and also to build more bridges with America. You know, this type of show this afternoon, I think it's terribly important, actually, um, because, I, I, you know, um, I think uh, we could do with a lot more uh, global audience uh, you know, listening to what we're doing, not not listening to how we're behaving right now, but listening to our aspirations. And, uh, you know, in the past few days, I've been 
working or just started working with a group of about 220 young people who are all aspiring entrepreneurs and they're all into high tech. I don't understand a thing they're doing, you know, um, but um, they're, they're terribly excited about these communication systems and the like. And I think, um, you know, we, we, we I think it's time to stand up for Britain now. Yeah, I think, I think it's, or, you know, it's, it's wonderful to be tuned in to politics, but I just feel at the moment here in the UK, it's it's sort of creating this one. It's, it's not um, well, it's not joyful, put it that way. And I, I think we need to, we need to make room for joy, no matter how small. And in fact, you know, I'm going to move on to something. You were talking about entrepreneurial. Um, there is a, a guy that actually has introduced, I love it when people do funny things, but it's a butcher who introduced King Charles III's sausage fingers, special edition, and they are for sale. Um, I just, I mean, it's, it's madness, isn't it? And it's not naughty as well, because um, King Charles himself talks about his fingers, they do get swollen. And I don't know if anyone's ever noticed, I mean, obviously, photographing etc i always notice people's whole bodies um, and he does have these sort of very fat red sausage fingers so congratulations to um the chap that did that i think and also on another note with king charles as well um that the new coins that are, are coming out the royal mint have brought these coins up so there's a 50 pence piece um and also five pounds which is i actually think five pounds is quite a lot to make into a coin I, I suppose maybe it's collectors, I don't know, but the Royal Mint website actually crashed because so many people wanted to get in first to get these King Charles III coins. So 50 pence and five pound coins, amazing. So people have been waiting for like hours and hours and hours, sort of like all night, and all of a sudden it just went down. I sort of felt pleased, I was pleased that people wanted to do it. And I like to think that it's people in general, but I guess it's collectors as well. Because we've, uh, you know, we're in an age where we have uh, internet and uh, and this kind of technology. Because when the Queen came to the throne, there was nothing like that. So uh, you know, you just wonder how many sackfuls of mail were going to the Royal Mint asking for uh, you know the first uh, first coins off the press with uh, Her Majesty the Queen's head on uh, as well. So of course, the internet now is. It, in many respects, it's very transparent because we can see just uh, you know just what's going on, just what the feedback is like. Because uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the case of the Royal Mint, everybody suddenly whack gets online to do that. So it tells a story in itself. It's a great marketing tool used the proper the proper way. It's a phenomenal marketing tool. And, and he's in Scotland at the moment, King Charles again, isn't he? And, and um, the Queen Consort. So. Uh... I mean, he's, he seems to be uh, um, spending more time up there at the moment. How, how do you think he's faring up there? Oh, he likes it. <laughs> don't, don't blame him. <laughs> it's a lovely place to be. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's almost sort of spiritual home to him in many respects. Uh, he, he always has loved around Balmoral or in, the, in, in that area. He can be himself. And the Queen loved it for the same reasons as well. She could be herself. She could be the country girl with the dogs, with the horses, going out over the hills and so on, and not being bothered. Uh, she still carried on the work with the red boxes coming up each day, but she loved to get out and about, 
and she could really be herself. And it is a stunning place as well. It's not overpopulated. I, I mean, I went down, I was down in London, as I said, last week, and it was a huge culture shock to me, getting off the train at Euston Station, and it's just this sea of people. Uh, and that was at uh, about half past 10 in the morning. So, I mean, it wasn't even in rush hour. Uh, it, it, you know, suddenly it's hit home just how overpopulated uh, it is south of the border. And the further south you go, the, uh, the, the greater the population. So it was a great, great relief to get on the train and come back up to Glasgow. Again, you know, fighting the way through crowds of people to get onto the train. And then you get off the uh, Glasgow Central Station, which is a very busy railway station in its own right. And uh, you, you know, there was room to move, there was room to breathe. And uh, you know, you were sort of looking across the concourse and you could spot somebody on the, the other side who I happen to know anyway. So yeah, it, it's uh, very crowded in London this now. And boy, did it, did it hit home to me. I, I think we, we, we get so used to it, Helen and I, you know, um, I mean, the rush hour, um, for example, uh, it's, it's almost like um, uh, you can see very similar styles of crushing uh, on uh, trains, uh, similar to what you see in Japan, uh, you know, where, where, where they've got guards that literally pushing people into the carriage, um, you know, uh, so they can close the doors. And I think it, it is, it, it's... it's um, London at the moment uh, is going through really a, a whole series of transformations because um, our hospitality industry is really on its knees, I think, at the moment as well. We need the Americans back, uh, you, know, um, uh, you know, coming back and spending the dollars, especially where the dollar is right now. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, if, I, if I can make a, a, a quick plug for uh, British... Uh, tourism obviously the dollar is much stronger so you'll buy so much more when you come to britain uh, at the moment and whether you go to scotland england wales or northern ireland you'll get a very well you'll get a, a windy welcome but it'll be a warm welcome from the people yeah i've noticed a lot more american accents in this last couple of weeks uh, in Scotland, so you know they are coming here. They might be bypassing Englandshire, but they they're coming to Scotland, and that's good. So that uh, and I've had quite a number of emails from uh, you know people from the states who are saying you know where should I go, you know what can you recommend, and so on. The word seems to be getting around that uh, you know I'm now like a one man tourist guide or tourist board or whatever. So, where are you sending them? Uh, well, west is best, of course, but uh, you know there's certain areas in Edinburgh as well that they uh, you know they really must see, uh, and Royal Deeside, Inverness, and, and so on. But uh, you know ultimately the west coast and the islands as well definitely uh, benefiting from my, uh, my my waxing lyrical about what we have uh, in, in the west of Scotland. So it's nice to see people people back. The, the season is definitely extending. I mean, before it used to be maybe July and August, and that was that that was sort of peak time of the season. But now it's actually becoming more all year round. And you go to Fort William, and uh, you've got Glenshee. We've got quite a skiing industry here as well. Uh, and then there's the 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 sporting, the fishing, and the shooting uh, set as well. Even other sports. My passion is sailing, and. The, the sailing season seems to be extending 
uh, as well. So yeah, it, it, it's just it's so good and heartening to see you know, the general extension of the, uh, the the tourism influx. We need their money. <laughs> so bring more in. <laughs> We're open for business all the time. And, and I, I think uh, I was just going to say about Helena that that um, uh, obviously we're looking towards Janetta's um, uh, seventeen hour spectacular. I think. Yeah, so that's coming up. It's coming up on the tenth of October, so that's this Monday. And it's etched in my brain. Goodness me, Doctor Jacqueline, that's a lot of hours, isn't it? So it's celebrating mental health well wellness through the arts. So it's celebrating mental health wellness rather than sort of dwelling on it. It's also um, world, the World Health Organization, as we know, also uh, like recognizes um, the theme for uh, World Mental Health Day as well, which is also on that day. So it's a great synergy um, and it's about a global priority. So I think Monday it's going to be full of celebration, full of singers, full of positive talk. Um, and I think it's really, really going to be a great affair. So we're all looking forward to it. And a large amount of uh, the the actual technical side is down to you, Jacqueline. It's a well done you as well, because that, 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 you know I, I, I don't I don't know where you get your your, your energy from. You know, I, I, you know I, I, I wish I could see your find out your secrets on uh, you know uh, how, where all this energy comes from. Because uh, as I say, I, I think uh, you know it's it's only this week. I think I think uh, the Queen's death. Um, not, not not so much emotionally hit me hard, but physically hit me hard, and and I think it was the same with Helena as well. I mean, we were we were touring studios like it was a, like revolving doors, you know, and, and I think it took a long time uh, to actually, you know, uh, almost feel like I think this is the first week where I'm, I'm feeling like I'm getting back to normal again, um, you know, uh, and I, it it's um, it is. Uh, and, and I suppose this time of year, I, you know, in, in I was going to say you you must feel lucky in some ways, you know, being on uh, on a continent that is fairly constantly worn. And I know you're going to go to Florida as well, but then thinking what's happening in Florida at the moment, um, it, it's it's you know it it, it it there's a plus and minus side to even that. Absolutely. Well, I shared with you both, I think yesterday. We're on the bay, and the bay in this is in New Jersey. The water level was so high that all of the wet. I mean, I look out now and I see a huge amount of wetlands. They were all gone, and the water just started pouring out of the bay. It, was, it looked like the ocean with the white caps. It was pouring out into the street, and I thought to myself, what those people must have gone through in Florida, just in their homes as the water continues to rise, or else they're up on their roof. Or they're. I just read a story about a man who rescued his mother. She's an amputee, and he, I think he had to go a mile and a half through the river, the ocean, whatever had taken over the streets, the hurricane, and he had to swim and get there with power lines down. And she was already, she was in a wheelchair. She was up to her neck in water, and he managed to save her. I thought, oh, my gosh, stories like that are just, we have nothing to complain about, really. It, it reminds me of when I used to live in Scotland, and uh, Simon would know this as well, it's whiteouts. Um, and, and uh, I, you know, I, I, even to this day, every time I think of this particular thing, and we were 
I, I used to live uh, uh, in Glasgow or a suburb of Glasgow and um, uh, we went to we used to go to this shopping center and the shopping center had floor to ceiling windows doors um, and uh, you know which were about 30 feet high and uh, when people were coming into the shopping center the doors would open and then close again and uh, this one particular day uh, it had been snowing but we weren't really aware of it until uh, this woman came in she looked like a, a snowman you know she was covered from head to foot in snow and and and, and this this blizzard came sweeping through the shopping mall as well and she was screaming at people saying it's a blizzard it's a blizzard and, uh, and people were getting out of the way of all this snow coming coming through the thoroughfare uh, of this uh, of this shopping mall as well so it's so a whiteout so and i'm sure Simon's probably got some tales to tell about whiteouts as well, but it could be quite frightening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, a good old whiteout is generally followed immediately by a blackout because the electricity goes down. So that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, you know, we get, get good, a good snowstorm like that. It's, uh, you know, it, it makes you put your feet up in front of a very warm fire. And uh, it's nice to look out at it. But, uh, I mean, I've had mornings uh, before in the house I lived uh, further up in the highlands there where we couldn't actually open the front door because it was, the snow was piled up uh, right to the full height of the door. So you had to sort of climb through a window at the back of the house to get out and the, <laughs> to the, to go around to the front and dig the front door of the house out. And then the next thing is find the car. You know, where is it? You know, oh, there's a little bump in the snow there. It must be under there somewhere. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we, we, we get some interesting uh, interesting weather uh, here. I mean, fortunately, where I am, I don't actually get that much snow. Uh, if it snows here, then you know other people are really in big trouble. Because being very close to the sea in, on the west coast, then there's a lot of salt in the air, so we don't tend to get the get the snow. And I was just sort of thinking back there to uh, you know what we were talking about rush hour as well. Uh, yeah, we had the rush hour just recently when they brought the sheep in for shearing. And <laughs> being driven through the village there, that's rush hour. <laughs> we don't get another rush hour for another year. <laughs> well, well, well there, there is a tradition in London uh, and uh, you, you can actually be put up to become a freeman or free woman of the City of London. Uh, and it, it's just an honorary title uh, that you can uh, be nominated for. But um, uh, and it was, it was it's actually been tried out a few times. Um, you can actually then uh, you're if you are a freeman or a free woman of the city of London, you're allowed to drive your sheep over uh, Westminster Bridge. Um, not that I, I would ever try that because uh, you know the the, the kamikaze drivers that go around that area, um, you know, the, the, it, it would be the end of uh, I think a lot of sheep, but. Um, the, the, so it, it's one of these traditions and occasionally, occasionally uh, you do find some foolhardy people who think that they should try this out um, of, of, of uh, you know, driving some sheep across the Westminster Bridge. So, um, um, but, but we, we, we you know, I think, um, I, I think probably we act more like sheep in London rather than uh, drive sheep. Yeah. 
<laughs> I will never look at the concourse of Houston Station in the same light again. <laughs> we'll be seeing this going, man, <laughs> all turned together down towards the next platform, yes, and with a couple of guards like collie dogs <laughs> whipping them on down, yes. You know, I do have a question for you all from a conversation we had a little bit earlier today, but you were talking about these coins. And I know here in the States, I don't know if it's still the same way, but many places you would go, there would be signs up saying, uh, we don't have any change or we're low on coins. So if you can donate some and we'd rather you pay with your card. So we had a real problem with change, loose change, and, and there not being enough of it. Have you ever had that? Yeah, actually, it's becoming more and more frequent that now. And I've noticed as well, I, I rarely carry cash around with me because everybody takes cards. And actually, most people prefer to take a card now rather than uh, take, taking cash. So, uh, yeah, it's very true. It's, um, you know, cash is definitely going a bit out of fashion uh, and coins as well in particular. So uh, even even you know petrol pumps and so on, you can, you know, zap your card in front of a Gas, gas pump, petrol pump, to uh, top up your car. Uh, I, I was actually had stopped off at a garage to put some air in my tires the other day, as well. And even the air machine, rather than taking coins, would prefer you to swipe your card in front of it. So it's uh, it, it's mainstream now, definitely, and uh, I think it's the preferred method. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, go ahead, Helena. I was just going to say, I, I still think cash is king, and. Um, I, I just feel that, you know, we're all being forced really into this. It's because the world wants this this system. Um, and I think, you know, if you've got cash to use, you're, you're in a situation where sometimes you can't even use it, which is absolutely madness and it's not democratic at all. Um, and I definitely feel we're just be, being pushed into this cashless society. But I say, you know, well, if that's the case, then make it, you know, wipe it out completely. You can't have cash and allow everyone to use cash and then everyone be put into these little boxes. I personally find it incredibly aggravating. Yeah. I mean, we miss cash, but I, you know, I think that a lot of this has come, come about from COVID because mm. a, lot of, a lot of shops say, well, we don't actually like to handle cash because it should have COVID on it. So I thought, well, it's... You know, it's a reasonable uh, excuse or reason uh, why people are not wanting to handle cash as much now. But the, diff the difficulty of it is with the card. You know, it's a bit of plastic. You you know, sort of zap it on top of a machine or whatever, uh, and you don't think of actually the worth. Uh, but when you reach into your wallet and bring out the cash, you think. How much? <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, and it does pull you up a little bit short. Yeah, Perhaps we may start having um, credit cards with the king's head on. You know that that that, 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 that could be the future now of uh, you know um, uh, coinage is on its way out. And uh, bless his heart, do you know what? Um, you know, I, I was looking at our new King Charles uh, in Scotland. He looks happy to be amongst the uh, people who have welcomed him. Uh, and, and, and perhaps this is not supposed to sound cynical, but I think he's been waiting all his life to be appreciated. And I think finally, he looks like he's being appreciated by people as well as King. Um, and, and it's, um, you know, as much, uh, you know, as 
he um, obviously uh, was devoted to his mother, the Queen. Um, he seems to be enjoying himself already, but I don't know whether that's... And, and I can see Helena frowning at what I'm saying at the moment as well. But uh, I just feel he, he seems to be um, not getting over, you know, because obviously privately he's mourning his mother, you know, the Queen, but... Uh, he does seem to be enjoying uh, the practice of going out and meeting people at the moment. And he was wearing his kilt. So I don't know whether, whether he was wearing, um, I forget which, there's a special tartan, isn't there? There's a royal tartan uh, that only uh, royal members are allowed to wear. So I don't know whether uh, he was wearing that or not. But um, Yeah, he, he wears the Balmoral tartan a lot. But uh, yeah, that was actually reading an interesting article this morning there that uh, he's got to be very careful now what he says to um, to, to to William because it, it turns out now that William uh, is now the Duke of Cornwall uh, you know he's gone up the levels of his Duke of Cornwall and of course uh, King Charles still has Highgrove House but Highgrove House uh, is belongs to the Duchy of Cornwall so uh, technically, uh, William is now his father's landlord, <laughs> so he's got to make sure he's up to date with the rent, or he could get kicked out. It's a funny old time, and I think I think King Charles is doing a good job. I mean, he knows it like the back of his hand. You know, he's been there as his mother's son for all those years. He knows exactly what to do. He's so well versed. He's very bright, intelligent. He knows about so many different cultures, societies, and I mean, he's he's mixing with the people, and he's, he's doing a great thing. I mean, the thing for him that probably he's going to take slightly hard is the fact that some of the things that he was doing he can't do anymore i mean i know he was set to go to cop 27 um in egypt and um, he was going to do to give a major speech on saving the planet which would have been fabulous but obviously his position now has changed um he was advised not to go and he's not going anymore so there's certain things that he will uh, not be able to do, but I think he's doing such an amazing job. I mean, he is. I mean, and, and they all get on so well. I mean, I think for me, one of the biggest things and the things that everyone's been talking about recently is commemorative something for Her Majesty the Queen. You know, what would everyone like to see and where? Um, and I know our Mayor Sadiq Khan was sort of... Uh, who oversees, obviously, the Greater London Authority, he was sort of put on the spot because lots of people were saying, oh, we should have a statue on the fourth plinth in Trafalgar Square. And he came back and said, no, that's not going to happen. And lots of people were slightly alarmed and upset about it. But, you know, the fourth plinth in Trafalgar Square, which is, I mean, Trafalgar Square basically is a wonderful place, which is like a backdrop for loads of celebrations and... You know, lots of things happen. Loads of people mix there, and there are various statues there. But the fourth plinth, for a long time, um, has been one of the most prom prominent public commissions. Um, and this has been since 1999. And someone called Prue Leaf, who's very well known actually now more for her cooking, actually was the person that thought, thought about this. Because this fourth plinth, in fact, was for William the Fourth, King William the Fourth, I believe, but there was never any statue erected. But now it's something that here in 
London and everywhere really people coming in to see it. So it's quite exciting because you have you have these great art pieces which are erected and they're there just for two years. So even if you don't like them that much, you know that they'll be gone. And you have like a it's like a voting mechanism. And I have to say the, the artwork is incredible. I think there's something that's just arrived a few days ago called Antelope. Um, Mr. Kambu is the artist. And in fact, myself and Ian were in Trafalgar Square going through to um, to uh, uh, the meeting. It wasn't a meeting, it was an event. And, and it had just been erected. And it was so, such good fun to see. So people were talking about erecting like a, a statue of Her Majesty the Queen on this fourth plinth, which I think I find personally bizarre. I mean, why you would want this such an amazing woman, woman that's given her life for all these years to be have something there on this fourth pit is bizarre. I mean, also another thing is Trafalgar Square is so known for Nelson's column. So Nelson, obviously Lord Nelson has been on top of the column, looking around London, looking over Trafalgar Square. And, you know, how can you compete when that's been there? I think really that is what Trafalgar Square is known for. And to have a little tiny thing on the fourth print for Her Majesty the Queen, it just doesn't work. So I don't know what you what you think, guys. If anyone's got any thoughts to, uh, to how you want to see Her Majesty the Queen commemorated, I'd be interested I, to know. I think historically, um, the royal family could be very careful over this because, and I, and I can't remember um, who was the king that took over from Queen Victoria. Um, whether whether it, I'm, I'm not sure whether it was George V or Edward VII, like I can't remember now. So basically, uh, Edward VII decided to have uh, a statue built uh, 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 at the front of Buckingham Palace for Queen Victoria. And, and it's these days it's colloquially known as the cake. Uh, and it's where photographers uh, do do their pictures of, of the royal family when they're on the balcony. But um, it took so long to actually build this that uh, uh, Edward VII never actually saw it. He died before the, the, the thing was commemorated and, and open to the public. It took 11 years to actually uh, decide where that statue was going to be and then actually build the statue itself. And I think, uh, you know, I, I, my guess at the moment is I, I think um, it should be, uh, well, th th I think there should be several because I think the, the reality is that uh, perhaps, uh, um, uh, you know, something very permanent and large at Balmoral would be very appropriate as, as, one, uh, as one sort of significant place for a statue. I, I think, you know, in London, then I, I think it has to be so somewhere actually within the precincts of Buckingham Palace. I, I think that, that that would be. And, and uh, obviously, uh, there's, a, there's another statue of Queen Victoria uh, at, um, at uh, Windsor Castle. And so, so something appropriate there as well might be, you know, uh, so I, I think it, it shouldn't only just be one. I think there should be several commemorations to uh, Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, you know, you can't just confine it to one, to one place because at the end of the day, I mean, she was, uh, you know, 
Queen of uh, Great Britain, uh, you know, the easy mistake, you know, you hear everywhere, oh, the Queen of England. But no, she wasn't. She was the Queen of, of England, Scotland, Ireland and Wales and the Queen of the Commonwealth as well. So not just Queen of England. So it, it, she does have to uh, really, I think, be recognised in all four nations within the United Kingdom. Up to uh, Windsor Castle, uh, have, have a you know, another roundabout in the fountain with a, a statue there. It would actually yeah. uh, fit in mm -hmm. the landscape mm -hmm. quite clean it up I, a bit. I, I think what, what would be a very good idea is if the government uh, set aside funding uh, for the four nations uh, and where the, the nations themselves could decide uh, it would be uh, produced um, and, and, and decided upon by individual nations like Cardiff, Edinburgh, uh, uh, Balmoral, um, obviously London uh, and perhaps Belfast as well so, so that um, each one could feel like they've actually commemorated the Queen in, in a special way at the same time. I think that, that would be a much better method of everybody feeling that um, they they had uh, they, they were able to do it, and you know the amount of money the government is splashing out on things right now. You know that the, the uh, um, you know on, on some of these uh, ideas that they've got, uh, surely they could find uh, perhaps a, a few million uh, to be given to each of the four countries that is ring fence just purely for a commemoration um you know for the queen and and you you look at things like in london you know with diana and diana's memorial garden um and so lots of very special things could be done as well and, and i i hope that um each of the four countries can actually determine their own agenda on something like this and, and even sculptures or whatever it may be come from those countries as well. So it actually, it, it because uh, the Queen took everybody's heart, you know, and, and so I think uh, we we have to sort of commemorate that as well. Um, I, I, I did a piece actually for GB News on this uh, the other day. So it's quite interesting to hear what people are saying. And, and I agree, I actually said in as well that I feel there should be several commemorative statues in place. Um, Obviously, we'd have to have a commissioning group in place, and obviously, the royal family as well has a say where, where, and how uh, Her Majesty the Queen will be commemorated. But it's quite interesting to see and hear um, what people will say. And I, I know that Ian, a little while ago, we've mentioned also, um, which is something also I mentioned about possibly having something which I feel would be quite fitting. Uh, at Buckingham Palace, actually in the garden, so a memorial garden there, uh, which would have have something special for Her Majesty the Queen. Again, that would just be part or one of the things that would commemorate her. And let's be honest, she deserves uh, some very special um, places that everyone can uh, actually go and visit. Uh, I can't wait for everyone to start. And not just that, we have there are lots of such amazing uh, artists out there. I know. Uh, somebody that myself and Ian know, Maria Pandelli, fantastic, her sculpture. Um, Kezia Burt's sculpture as well, who we met recently. And there are so many people that would love to uh, create something in memory of Her Majesty the Queen. So I can't wait. And I actually hope uh, to be part of the commissioning group 
that should be coming up soon. Absolutely. Brilliant. I think these are all great ideas. And uh, maybe you can all spearhead it, <laughs> get involved with it. <laughs> but we have to close out our show for today because we have fashion, travel, and fitness coming up in less than eight minutes. So thank you all for being here. I'll just go around. And as always, please share something with our audience for the takeaway for today. Let's start with Helena. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, for me about today, it's not even so much about the show, but everyone, we all have to find our little bit of joy. I mean, at the moment, I do feel that people, certain people I'm speaking to feel swamped with everything political and so much upset in the world, but it's, there is so much joy out there, however small that joy may be. Let's, let's all find it and work towards it. Excellent. Thank you very much. Simon, over to you. Yes, I mean, and to add on to that, well, too late is when tomorrow was yesterday. It's one to ponder over for the rest of the week. It's been a lovely show. Thank you. Thank you. And over to you, Ian. Well, I, I think um, um, the, the very colours that we're wearing today uh, signify that um, uh, we want to have hope, prosperity, and harmony with the world uh, and in Britain ourselves. Uh, and I think, you know, the reality now is um, uh, we want people from across the world to come and enjoy uh, Great Britain once more. Um, and uh, every week we will come out and promote Britain, but we will also come out and promote the United States as well, which is one of my most favorite countries in the world. Thank you very much, Ian. And I think I would just, Share that uh, we've all seen and heard about stories of heroism and people lifting up each other without getting notoriety, not doing it for any specific reason other than just being a good person and a kind human being. And I hope that we will all continue to find little ways to help other people, little big ways as a matter, and also to take care of our planet and the beautiful creatures that are here. They all have a reason. As my friend, Pet Psychic Amina would say from our show, I don't know what the purpose of the mosquitoes is, but I'm sure they too have a purpose. So. <laughs> so that's all for now. Thank you, everyone. Come back and see us tomorrow and stay tuned where you are. We'll be right back. We've got, I think, six more shows today. So stay with us. Thank you again, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.